Well, hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hey friends, quick announcement before the episode really begins. Turns out we were really, really excited to talk about The Forsaken, and we chatted for a solid three and a half hours. But once we started, we couldn't stop, so this recording is being broken up into two episodes. Consider this part one of two as we dive into all the petty, envious, horrific, and sometimes relatable aspects of The Forsaken. Hello and welcome to our newest episode. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking this incredible series. Today we are so excited. Uh, We are covering The Forsaken (laughs) and it is 100% spoiler free. Yay. (laughs) This is so fun. I'm so glad we get to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how crazy is it that like you're in Germany and I'm here and we can still sit like face to face with each other and do this. Cheers. 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 So anyone who has listened to our first four episodes should know by now that we thoroughly enjoy this series and are keen to dig into every part of it that we can. And one of the things that always bothered me when I was reading it was how people like The Forsaken are just tossed into the books and it's almost like we as the audience are supposed to know their backstory, but we only get these tiny glimpses of who they were and then... Just little snippets. Yeah, like it's not really something that comes together as a full story Mm -hmm. and so I always felt like kind of disjointed and like having a really hard time figuring out who was who and why I mean really why do they even exist in the first place what's what's their deal so we decided Amber and I were talking about it uh that we wanted to do a spoiler free episode because we know a lot of people like spoiler free stuff and some people are still new to this and like we want to be helpful because this yeah. is something that I struggled with while yeah, reading. Like so you you just finished, right? You just finished I'm the done. whole series. You're done. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, so you just finished the full series for your first time and I've read like the first seven, eight books multiple times, especially like the first four books I'd mm-hmm. say. And like I still get confused over the Forsaken. And so what we wanted to do is actually pull the history of the Forsaken so that you know who they are and how they, like, became the big what, yeah. players. Yeah, like, they're the, they're the big baddies in the, in the series. And, and so, hopefully so you don't get mixed up like I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it is – it's really confusing, and there's 13 of them total. Yeah. So it's not like – it's not like you only have a few to remember. You have 13 – characters and you can't you can't go online and look them up either because you'll spoil yourself i mean like the first thing when you look up someone's name it's like alive or dead and you you don't want to know you don't want to know this (laughs) so you can't look it up i just want to know so we decided that like we're going to take the forsaken like as much of their history as we could get and um stop them 
basically when they become imprisoned in Sheol Ghoul. So yeah. that's that's so the plan. up until yeah. So you'll get like backstory, a little bit of history and some fun facts and a little this yeah. and a little that. <laughs> Yeah, because one of the things I always think is really interesting is how there's this three thousand year eight, like gap gap of time mm-hmm. between the end of the Age of Legends and the Third Age, where we find like the story taking place. Mm-hmm. And three thousand years is a really long period of time. Yeah. So the world like, has that, changed. Things have yeah. changed, but the unforsaken, the, the forsaken are just. Chillin' and the boar and shale ghoul. I don't know what they're yeah. doing down there for so long. I've always been like, why? Why did it take so long? 3,000 years just seems like a really long time. When we were, like, digging into this, there were definitely some terms and things that we felt might be important to know the setting and, like, what exactly we're looking at. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, this is 3,000 years ago, so it's a very different world than the like the main series is set mm-hmm. um and i think you listed out the first one as uh the one power versus the true power um the first thing was just uh what are the forsaken so, oh yeah, yeah oh that's that but- that would be helpful <laughs> <laughs> but it's really easy it's really simple because it's just the 13 most powerful channelers Mm-hmm. that serve the dark one. So technically they're dark friends, but they're dark friends who can channel. They're super powerful and they're sealed in the boar with mm-hmm. the dark one. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. And um, then one power versus versus two power. power. This one is another another thing that's a little tricky um because you know it sounds so similar, but yeah. the one power is what you see our channelers in the series using like the Aes Sedai and so on. But yep. this is like channeling that comes naturally from, I'm guessing like the wheel of time universe, the creator itself. Yeah. And that's the one power. And then the true power comes from the dark one and he can kind of just give it out to whomever he chooses so I guess, you know, if you're one of the Forsaken, the Dark One can be like, hey, like, I want you to be stronger or whatever, <laughs> and he can give you more of that power. Um, but this true power is, like, extremely addictive. So um, that's something that only the Shadow Sworn can use. And another thing that's tricky is the true power can't be de- detected by our channelers. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, Aes Sedai can feel when other Aes Sedai are around them and they can see and, like, feel channeling, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be able to detect the true power. So yeah. that makes it kind of scary. That gives, you know, the the Shadow Sworn a little bit of an advantage there. It really does. Yeah. It really does. That's so interesting to me. Um, so we have – let's see here. So we've got that, and then – as I've mentioned like a million times already, uh, the Age of Legends, <laughs> which is where all of these, the Forsaken come from, um, happened 3,000 years before uh, the Third Age. And we've got, it's also known as the Second Age. Okay, so place. the Age of Legends was from the Second Age, correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, and this happens before the breaking of the world, which is 
like kind of the world of the main series. Um, and so during the Age of Legends, things that didn't seem really possible during the Third Age were really commonplace. And Aes Sedai, instead of being just females or like just these like exalted, mm-hmm. like aloof figures, they were kind of like they were almost commonplace in a way. Okay. Like it didn't really add to their prestige a great deal. Because um, there were so many that could also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was, like, I hadn't ever thought about that, but when, like, you look at the Forsaken, they are all so powerful. Yeah. Like, they are all more powerful than any other Chandler in the in the books with, like, just a few exceptions. exceptions. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all, like, each one of them is really similar on their strength levels, and apparently that was just more common. Like, one of the things that the Aes Sedai offered that has been lost in the time period that we're reading in in the in the main section of the books is the making of Angriel, Saangriel, and Terangriel and how like that was another thing that just kind of happened. Okay. And so they here had you go, they I had, made this thing for yeah, you. Yeah, they had definitely way more talent, you know, mm-hmm. in the second yeah. age. Yep. And then there's like the Hall of the Servants is where, like, all of the legal stuff kind of happens. Like, the over, the oversight for okay. all of the Aes Sedai. So, and that would be all the, the female and male channelers back then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would be everyone. Um, and they also, like, held channelers accountable. Like, when we were going through the Forsaken on some of them, like, their behavior was so bad that, like... People in the Hall of Servants were like, and we're either going to cut you off from yeah. the one power or we're going to make you like, swear an oath. Yeah. Yeah. Like bond you so that you can't you can't do the things that you do anymore. Um, so there's definitely accountability among the Aes Sedai. It's just still different from the third age. Yeah. Um, and like the. Aes Sedai in the old tongue is servants of all. Like, that's what it means. And they were mostly... Didn't they mostly just deal with healing then, too? Healing was the thing that um, was... From what I remember reading up on this, it was the thing that is the only place where being an Aes Sedai and being able to channel really put you up above mm-hmm. anyone else could who could do a similar thing. But it seems as though, like, in the... Like, reading about the Forsaken before they became Forsaken, like, some of them were into mental health and some of them were into biology and some of Mm -hmm. them were into studying cultures. So, I think, like... It was kind of like a a renaissance era. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, just because because you could channel, that isn't what... Defined you? Defined you. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you could channel and still be, like, I don't know, a woodworker. Okay. And, or be somebody who writes books. Or one of the Forsaken was, like, a world champion of some sort of, like, sword fighting game. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to channel didn't direct you. That path. wasn't, like, your occupation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is so very different from what we see, again, in the series because that's not 
yeah what it's like for Aes Sedai to to be a part of the world that they in the third to. age if you can channel and you're an Aes Sedai you're like I don't know you're kind of like queen bee you know you can kind of just yeah. yeah I'm a channeler I'm better than you <laughs> <laughs> that's so true um so I like as far as who they were and like the things that they belonged to I would say that's like the main thing that kind of like ties them all together but also like knowing how different it was in the age of legends Mm -hmm. versus the third age I think is is good to know so Um, age of legends is the second age mm -hmm. wheel of time series takes place in the third age yes yeah after the breaking of the world which I think was the thing that we were going to kind of like tap into next did you want to i feel like i've been like just rambling away no 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 (laughs) i just saw here too that um something about the chora trees oh okay Mm -hmm. that they were really into like like you said like biology and genetics and you know scientific research Mm -hmm. so they were making a lot of discoveries and you know with healing and whatnot to like being able to create things biologically which also feeds again into one of the forsaken that we'll be talking about later too and i think like like still the comparison um and we're talking about healing uh one of the things that was because i mean almost everything i pulled for our research came from like the wiki willow um it was actually even more useful than the wheel of time companion and probably because the wheel of time companion was used to build that would be my guess Mm -hmm. um but they referred to like the the people from the forsaken and from this age of legends when they would see healing done by a third age Aes Sedai would see it as like the hastiest of battlefield work okay. like it was really crude compared to what they had been able to do and it lacked a lot of like the finesse see that had been I part love of it. that I love um I love books where you have like a really like cultured educated like thriving society and then there's a collapse and then so much is lost after the collapse that mm-hmm. you're in it. You're that's where it kind of feels like it's almost like a medieval society where they're back to you know like horse-drawn carriages and <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah because I mean there is a there is a point in the series I don't know I still I would consider this spoiler free because it doesn't really like, really give any of like the main plot points away mm-hmm. but like there is a there is a moment in the series where one of the characters is given a glimpse into the age of legends and like refers to things flying in the sky. Like, and now they're like horses everywhere. I mean, the portal stones were made during the age of legends. Okay. That's awesome. You touch a stone and off you go to like the destination that you want to go to. That's pretty badass. Like, it's just so, like teleporting. Like they yeah. had all of these crazy, amazing, you know, discoveries. And then in the third age, they're just kind of like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're going to make it for this one, Bella. Got oh, a long Bella. way to go. Love Bella. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel like the just like that elevated culture and like what they knew versus where things are and that – that does tie into the breaking of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of, so one of the main reasons why the breaking of the world came about from like what I've been able to understand 
is there was a discovery made of how to be able to tap into the true power. Yes. Um, and so, and I mean, we'll get more into that later because the Forsaken, before they became Forsaken, actually had something to do with that. So this power discovery is made and it appears that instead of it being split into like the, the female half and the male half, the way that everyone was used to it this is like a gender free zone and (laughs) everyone can tap it if they if they want to this was the true power exactly and so we had people who were like hey let's just let's go check that out (laughs) yeah let's just dig a hole and poke that real hard and see what happens because i mean it can't be bad that we found another power source, oh, oh, right? Oh. Okay, mm. so it says a very strong source of the one power. It doesn't say one power or true power. It says one power. Mm-hmm. So, okay, and that is the discovery. They felt mm-hmm. something coming from the earth and thought, ooh, power, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, if I, if I remember it correctly, like, a lot of... People were really into research during this time period. Mm-hmm. like, And so, I mean, when you're a researcher and you see something, it's really hard not to poke at it anyway. Yeah. And so I, I get, like, the desire to do it. And they also seem to have, like, the want to not have the split powers. Like, it seemed mm. like people actually wanted to do something where everyone is channeling from the same source. Because there is that, like... Women can't see what men do, and men can't see what women do, and so they have to kind of learn those things together. Um, And so getting rid of that sounds pretty handy, really, Mm -hmm. all things considered. But unfortunately, this created this hole. The bore. (laughs) The bore. Yeah. Actually, uh was a prison for the Dark One. Hooray! (laughs) Oops. Oops. It was a bad idea. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what's interesting about that is the Dark One can't technically escape. He's still stuck down there, but now he can completely influence the world, and this is, like, kind of this apocalyptic situation that we were talking about. Because they were all living in this like peaceful utopian society with research and you know engineering and so many great discoveries and then and people living for hundreds of years yeah, yeah just you know think it, it's like fairy tale land you know yeah and um, now the dark one can influence that and he just you know slowly destroys it by influencing people because the boar is broken mm-hmm. and the next you know big thing that comes from that is the war of power mm-hmm. so the war of power is also called within the books the war of the shadow so mm-hmm. both terms are you know the same about the same thing and this is just this giant global conflict where um it ended the age of legends it ended the second um age and the war power basically began when enough people had declared themselves for the shadow. And mm-hmm. so, like, then we started having, like, armies forming. And then everything, you know, went to shit. <laughs> yeah. So this was, like, a very um, a very important part of the Second Age. And mm-hmm. it's basically the end of the second, pa- second Age. I feel like during that time period, they called um, what was going on the Collapse. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. everything Ooh, was yeah. just 
falling apart mm-hmm. as this this war was happening. Um, and so we have a group of the good guys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, decide that they're going to go in and close up this hole. Mm-hmm. And in the process, I still just don't know how this happened. How in the world were they able to get all of the Forsaken in the same place to like bind them into this prison? It was, um, I, I, were they like I'm trying battling to think each of, other? I'm trying to think of it, but I don't know if it would be technically a spoiler because it was pretty much a battle and then things they were all suppo- happened to th- be in the same yeah, place. Yeah, things at the were same supposed time. to happen one way, but it, it didn't happen like it was supposed to. And, um, they ended up, instead of getting destroyed, they ended up getting trapped. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I've always, I've always been like, why were they all in the same place at the same time? What was going on? Mm-hmm. Like, so then you have the, you have Shale, Shale Ghoul, mm-hmm. which is like where the boar is, and then you have the thirteen Forsaken trapped down there, yeah. waiting to come back. <laughs> yeah. And when it happened, okay, was it all male channelers? Who sealed the boar, or was it men and women together? Because it was it says, just men, I believe. And then that's, that's what, it, what happened because that's how, since it was only men there, that's how they were able to bring about, like, the madness with with Side Dean. Yeah, there was a, there was a counterstroke from mm-hmm. the Dark One that tainted it. Yeah. And so that taint immediately... So all of the Forsaken and shit and um, the Dark One are bound in a prison at Shale Ghoul. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, like, you hear that line kind of over and over again throughout the book. Like, yeah. in some cases, it's almost a mantra for safety. Mm-hmm. This counterstrike happens, and it attacks the male channelers, who then go crazy like some of them immediately lose their sanity for others it takes longer Mm -hmm. and because they are male channelers and because they are really strong in the one power they fuck shit up everywhere yeah like so imagine like imagine like hundreds of the craziest people possible (laughs) all having the button to like nuclear warheads like Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, they couldn't control themselves, like everything was destroyed. And from that point on, if you're a male channeler, then, you know, everyone wants to proceed with caution and, you know, you're taken by the red <laughs> Aja and, right. you know, yeah. gentle. I mean, when when you see it from that perspective, when you see male channelers from the perspective of destroying the of- world. Yeah, you can kind of understand a little bit more why the Reds would take that so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you said, they they had no control over what they were doing whatsoever. And uh, one of the... I've got it here somewhere. I really like this. So one of the quotes that I picked up from in uh, the Wiki Wheel of Time page says, uh, this is from a manuscript believed to have been written during the breaking Whoever reads this, if any remain to read it, weep for us who have no more tears. Pray for us who are damned alive. Damn. (laughs) Right? That's like, like, okay, it's it's like um, 
yeah, it, it's intense. Like they, you know, there was nothing left really. Like mountains were made, mountains were destroyed. Like cities were destroyed. Si- yeah, people were destroyed. Like it didn't. The, the no one was the entire safe. landscape changed. You know, mm-hmm. not to mention all the people like that were killed. But like geologically speaking, the world looked completely different. Yeah, because these male channelers lost their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. Like, and that so, co- that will come up later. We will talk about um, the most important, I guess, male channeler. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that like gives a like a like a kind of container for talking about the Forsaken. Is there anything that we missed that we want to like Naveless. Yeah, okay. So it comes go up for it. Yeah, it comes up so many times throughout the books and you're just kind of like, What the hell is a Naveless? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> It, Why does everybody want to be one? He's actually okay. a YouTuber. He's really great. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there there is a YouTuber named Nablus, and he makes really great videos. Um, yeah. But Nablus is the person who will stand directly below the Dark One and rule the world, commanding all others. So yeah. there's a lot of infighting between the Forsaken because they want that number one spot. Like, they want to be VP and, you know, rule <laughs> rule the world after the Dark yeah. One wins. So um, there's um, – it, it's – it's something that is like very, very highly sought after, and they will. You'll see a lot of conniving and backstabbing and trickery, all because they want this position. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like you know, like immortality, like just you know, standing above everything after you know winning this last battle. So they mm-hmm. hope. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a big deal position among the Forsaken. Like everybody, everybody wants it. Yeah. And they they will fight for it, um, yeah. And then and we of have- course, like I'm I'm like I'm like we'll be talking more about that soon because <laughs> I think I think we're set up where we can like start actually talking yeah. about like okay cool the actual um, forsaken, yeah. So the first among the forsaken, as far as like what I was able to figure out, is Ishmael, right? Like. Ishamael. 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 Ooh. Like you put pronunciation things in our document. I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, So he is also like when he goes over the shadow, he's also known as the (laughs) the betrayer of hope, Um, and he's also known as. By all Zaman. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things I really like about like the, the wiki page is them like putting little quotes and stuff like as you're getting so ready to helpful. read. It's so helpful. Unless so, you want to be spoiled because it shows if they're. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, but on this one. Is Ishmael talking to Luz Theron Telamon, um, who's like the good good guy? Like Luz Theron was the like 
main champion for the light, I guess. There you go. And yeah, he that's was a super, really good description. Super powerful, and he's kind of like this. Um, he's the counter to the dark one, I guess. And yeah. he's the one who actually you, you'll hear him come up so many times. He's the you know All first the person in the prologue in the Eye of mm-hmm. the World, and. You get that little snippet of the prologue that gives a little bit of his backstory. And um, he's super, super important to the series. And Mm -hmm. the only problem is when you're starting out, the names are kind of funky. So I got I got loose there and confused with other people so many times. (laughs) Understandable. Later in the series. So, I mean, uh, loose there is one of the good guys. So, yeah. as we are told throughout the history books, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I mean, we can't really even talk about the Forsaken without talking about Luce Theron. Like, yeah. He's the reason it feels like half of them switched over to something different. Like, he plays such a big role yeah. in almost every person who becomes a Forsaken. But, like, like you and said, he's the. He's the main champion of the light. He's the first among servants in the mm-hmm. Hall of Servants. Um, and he's the reason why the seal happened on the board and everyone got locked away. That's so right. it was basically his army of male channelers that were able to make the seal, but things didn't quite go how he wanted them to. So yeah. um, he did as good as, you know, he, he did his best. <laughs> sometimes your best just isn't good enough yeah yeah and unfortunately like after this happened um since all you know male channelers were kind of like tainted with the madness lose there and this good guy he gets the madness as well and he eventually you know breaks down and kills his own family and just you know um after all this happens and he figures out what had happened and sees what he had done, which is mm-hmm. very important because this happens with Ishamael. Is it Ishamael that shows up for that? I think I think so. Isn't he the one that um, he... For some odd reason, I thought it was Samael. So... But I don't remember. Okay. So, yeah. Um, before he... Yep. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Okay. We can, yeah, let's just go to, let's go into Ishamael and then all of this becomes clear, I guess. Yeah, so, like, and I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this is it's like, (laughs) there's so much to it and there are so many names and like, I mean, we even, we have, we legitimately have a 16 page Word document we're working on. Um, strap in and get ready to go guys (laughs) right it's good to know that all that time I spent as a history major is paid off on my ability to cop and paste from a wiki article (laughs) we swear it's not all from the wiki article I promise you promise yeah no some of it is our own stuff too so our own observations and yes um so with Ishamayel at his one point of speaking to Luz there, and he says, yes, betrayer of hope. They gave me the name to revile me, but I will yet make them kneel and worship it. Worship me! Yeah. He's this guy, guy, Shamael and Luz Theron are like the, like, um, they just, like, they, 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 like, 
This is so hard to explain. <laughs> they like they feed the top, off of each other. Oh yeah. They they just um all of these years that all of these, you know, battles and, you know, everything's happening, they're just always like up against each other. And I think mm-hmm. Shamael is just kind of like they're almost they're almost too similar to the mm-hmm. point where like they have almost like a competitive streak against each other. Oh, very much. And yeah. It's really crazy because before Ishmael was swearing to the dark one, um he was like many people in the second age like a philosopher and a theologian. Mm-hmm. So he was like a really smart guy and um Poss- yeah. Possibly a nihilist, but um, why not? <laughs> um, and his name was Elon Morin Tedroni? Tedroni? Um, Tenderoni? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <There. laughs> um, <laughs> he was said to be very handsome in his middle years. Um, and Okay, but I have to ask. Okay. When, when they talk about middle years... Are we talking about middle years for like he's middle aged at forty, or, or is he middle aged at two hundred? Yeah. Like, what exactly does I mean? Is it different? I don't know. That was I was like, but if you live to be, what does a two hundred year old look like? In the same, their middle ages? I guess. Maybe. Like, I in my mind, I always do picture somebody who's like I feel like late they 30s, only age to 40s. like forty or something, and then they stop. Yeah. Like, so I I was just like what, what? okay because I mean it's it says that throughout like lots of the descri- descriptions so they looked people. like they were in their middle ages or I'm like good luck finding they're gonna have a hard time finding actors and actresses that like don't age <laughs> <laughs> it's so true hmm now I'm gonna think about that who are actresses and actors that like have aged yeah well yeah okay. That's in my mind now. Anyway, so Ishamael, um, let's see here. Okay, so he actually, like we said, he's a philosopher. Mm-hmm. And so he put forth this theory that, um, like, this is after boring into the Dark One's prison. Uh, he says as the war is between the souls of Luz Theron and the Dark One. Um, and that this war has been going on since the beginning of time. It's just something that keeps repeating cyclical. over and over and over. Exactly. Yeah. So due so, to the odds, <laughs> <laughs> like he felt like it would be a good idea to like you know jump on with the dark one because he is like, well, it just yeah, makes if sense time keeps that eventually... going over and over and everything you know happens again and again, he has an yeah 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 he has. Too many. Like the chances. dark one just has to infinite win one time. Yeah, yeah, but just once the dark one gets to win, and which I mean, it makes is that sense how that would work. Yeah, so I can't fault the logic there on that one. <laughs> um, so he feels as though this is just going to keep happening over and over again, and the dark one's victory is inevitable. Yeah, and so as long as he sticks to the dark one, eventually he's going to be in a place of ultimate power and authority or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's what that is. Um and I think so it was, that, like Yeah, it was it was like a it was a 
decision based on statistics. It wasn't like an emotional thing that he wanted to be yeah. a part of the Dark Ones, you know, inner posse or whatever. He just, <laughs> went, you know, he just was like, well, this is probably how it's going to happen. So the odds yeah. are, you know, in this, in favor of this. So that's what I'll do. Yeah. And he also, like, I the two themes that show up over and over again in The Forsaken are the desire for power mm-hmm. and level of envy over Luz Theron's Envy is, the I think, the one that comes up the most with the yeah. male Forsaken. Yeah. They are so envious, but... Yeah. And so, like, Ishmael knew that he wouldn't ever be able to, like, go above what Luce Theron had accomplished, mm-hmm. but if he, like, like, swore his soul to the Dark One, he would potentially have that ability to be the guy. Yeah. And so, like, this allowed him to, like, work out that competition with Luce Theron. Um, he announced his allegiance to the Dark One in the Hall of Servants uh, during a conference of ice that I gathered there, which every time I hear the word conference, I think, like, <laughs> boardrooms and coffee and styrofoam cups and shit. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's not the kind of conference that was happening. Um, they were drinking tea. Lots of Lots, lots of, of tea. tea. Yeah. But his proclamation that he was doing this led to riots, um, which... Okay, like, can you imagine, though, like, you're in the room with a bunch of people and this really smart philosopher guy is like, oh, and by the way, um, this is uh, the end of the world is going to happen and it's inevitable and I'm joining the dark side. So yeah, deal with Peace it, out, guys. figure it yeah. out. And they're, you know, they're probably <laughs> thinking like, okay, for one, it makes sense. But for two, like, holy shit, it makes sense. Like, freaking mm-hmm. out scared. Yeah, like, like if this guy did it, yeah, does he like does he have a point? Is this something that like we should be like freaking out about too? And so like mass riots happen, um, and let's see here, he, this is like this proclamation is what leads to him being called the betrayer of hope mm-hmm. because so many people just kind of saw him as this leader for the light and for things that are good and then he does this complete 180 and is like oh and by the way i'm gonna be like the chief captain general for the forces of the dark one and And yeah and armageddon armageddon is coming so yeah so let's have let's have some fun guys (laughs) let's go hang out it'll be great so i can Um, imagine some people like being torn and being you know like you want to fight for the winning side obviously so that makes mm -hmm. things you know even if you're not, you know, like evil, you you want to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see here. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about Ishmael is that he saw himself as like the Dark One's champion on Earth, basically. So like the Dark One can kind of touch what's happening in the world around him, but he doesn't have like a physical presence. Right. He can't and walk so, out of Shale Ghoul and Yeah, he's still he's still kind of like more locked in than let loose. Mm-hmm. And like that's what everybody's trying to prevent is like the dark one from getting out and just mm-hmm. wreaking havoc across the world. Um and so Ishma 
Ishmael. I, in my head, it's always Ishmael, but Ishmael. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying this. I think you can as say close it however you want. Ish, ish guy, the ish guy. Ishy, um, ishy, <laughs> ishy, the betrayer of hope. Um, <laughs> Sounds so, so cartoony. <laughs> it does, it does. But whether this is true or not, like that's how he saw himself as like being this really direct individual for having this conflict with loose there mm-hmm. which is another like reason why they bounced off of each other as hard as they did uh um, and also a little fyi loose there and telemond is also referred to as the dragon oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah like you'll hear the dragon so many times or the dragon mm-hmm. reborn and that means mm-hmm. like the reincarnation of loose Theron. So this mm-hmm. is like something that is peppered everywhere throughout the books, and yep. yeah, they also call him Kinslayer. Like that's Loose the other Kinslayer mm-hmm. because he went yeah. crazy and killed his whole family. His whole family, exactly. I feel like yeah. they would so call like, him that just to like make him angry, upsettable, <laughs> push him around a little. Yeah. Um. So. Because the two of them are, like, so close in abilities and the way that the wheel weaves in this series, these two men mm-hmm. actually will get, like, reincarnated at similar times. Um, and, like, this, I actually kind of had a question about this because, okay, if the dragon is reborn, mm-hmm. but Ishmael, Ishmael never actually died, he's just asleep. How can his soul be reincarnated? And is it only, like, has it... Because I think what had happened is, like, there are all of these spinnings of the wheel prior to and after the second and third age that we don't know about. Like, Mm -hmm. there could have been battles, like, um, I don't know, there could have been, like, so many other battles that we don't really learn about where things would happen, but... As far as I know, unless one of the Forsaken dies, you know, like, they can't be reincarnated unless they're dead. So while they're in Shale Ghoul, they're kind of just, like, chilling down there, I guess. And yeah. if they die I mean, in battle at a different, you know, spinning, turning of the wheel, then they're reborn, I guess. Yeah, I I think this is something that maybe Robert Jordan didn't go into too much because it would get too convoluted. No, but I do. I think I remember. Okay, okay, there it is. I just remembered. So on the Wiki Wheel of Time, they have like a section that says "half sealed?" question mark Okay. Um, and so what this says is that when the Dark One's prison was sealed, it was. It is thought that. Ishamael was only partially sealed behind it. Okay. And so and he still had um what is known for certain is that his soul was spun out of the dark one's prison and into the pattern from time to time after the prison was sealed. Okay, cool. That answers that question because okay. I was just like can you respin someone's soul if they're like and why In limbo? Just yeah. Yeah. And so I I think that that's really interesting that like he's he's been able to kind of keep coming back and like causing chaos and stuff even though he's, the rest of the Forsaken are sealed mm-hmm. away. And he's yeah. and, and like Ishmael and Luce Theron are like yin and yang. Like 
they yeah. really like complete like a circle together because they are so alike in so many ways. But mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, you'll <laughs> no spoilers. I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> yeah, he so he's yeah, he's really the only person that can match Luz Theron or the dragon. Although, yeah. like, one of the other Forsaken Ravine can come a little bit close. But, like, their rivalry was so intense that after Luz Theron, like, went mad and killed his family, Ishamayel, like, shows up and heals <laughs> Luz Theron just so that Luz Theron will remember killing his entire family. Like, that is so fucked up. Talk about a big meanie. Right? Um, he's one of the few male dreamwalkers. So mm-hmm. he can use Teleron Riode um, and like enter the dream world, which mm-hmm. is also like a very important um, thing that someone can do. It makes them very, um, yeah, it makes them very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely something that you will see throughout the books. Um, Teleron yeah. Riode is kind of confusing at first, but. As you get into it, you learn more, and you'll see how it's used um, as an asset. Yeah. So even, like, something within battles, too. Like, if you can enter the dream world and know what you're doing, it makes you very uh, powerful. (laughs) Yeah. And I think um, being able to be a dreamwalker also can allow you to go into a person's dream mm-hmm. like another person's dream yep and one of the <laughs> one of the rules about Teleron Riyadh is whatever happens there happens in real life too so if one of the forsaken is mad at you and they enter into your dreams and take your skin off you're not waking up yeah so like if you die there you die in real life too yeah. and so being able to do that and like you Entering like Teleron Riode is so dangerous if you don't know yes. what you're doing. Yeah. and But these, like, it seems as though it's more prevalent in the women to be dreamwalkers. But mm-hmm. Ishamayel is definitely one of the ones who has, like, a lot of power in being able to do that. Um, I actually found, I thought this was really fun. There is an unofficial soundtrack song Ooh. for The Eye of the World for, that's called Bialzamon. And um, I'm going to see if there's a way that I can, like, actually put it into the episode kind of while we're talking about him because I think that'd be really fun. If there's rights Um, or something. Yeah. Like, I generally always look for things that are copyright-free and don't need a license to be able to use. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one does not have anything that says that it is that, so I'm going to have to, like, just check in with them. But I think it'd be really fun to, like, share that on the podcast because... I'm definitely the kind of geek who wants things that spin <laughs> off of the thing that I geek out over. So stuff like this is, uh, it's like cherry on top. Um, Should we move? Are we missing anything? Yeah, I was going to say it. Because Ish, Isham, Isham. Ishmael, Ishamiel, Ish, Ishi. Ishi, Ishi the Betrayer of Ho- Hope. Um, there's a lot about him. Like, not he's all strong, of the Forsaken. He's, yeah, he's just... Yeah. He's probably one of the most important, I would say. I I agree with you, absolutely. And um, that's why like, he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, we won't talk this much about every single one because there just isn't as much information. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that still just doesn't... 
fully get into a lot of the things that Ishmael was involved in. So, like, yeah, if you want more information, Wiki Wheel of Time fandom page will like it will fill show you, you but else. it may spoil you at the same time. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah. Um, so then, number two, we have Ravine. Robin, Ravine, or Arid Mosinel. They have yeah. such nerdy real names. Like, <laughs> my name's Arid. Right? I would change my name, too. I don't blame them. Um, although that is one of the things that I thought was really interesting. So, apparently, during the Age of Legends, if you were given a third name, it was a high honor. Yeah. So, Luce Theron Telamon has three names. Uh, if you have three names, it's it's almost like, you know, how, like, if you're a doctor or something, like, on your driver's license, yeah. you can get, like, doctor so-and-so, you know, a little fancy. Yeah, yeah. so, like, w- that's one of the things that kind of shows, like, th- their status and their capabilities in a lot of ways in the in the world that they live in during the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. And Ravine is one that has that three names. So Does what, he? What was it? No, Ravine only has two. Oh, Ravine but, only has two. But Ishamael. Ishamael had three. Elon Morin yeah. Tenderoni. Ten tenderoni. Tendrone. <laughs> no, it's tenderoni from now on. From now on. <laughs> We're so good at that part, using their names and stuff. Um, so he is only, like, as far as power goes, he is just, like, a smidgen under the power capability of Ishamael and Luz Theron Telamon. Okay. Um. And that is another thing that seems to, like, happen through all of them. Like, all of them seem to be... It was, like, he's the most powerful, except for, like, two other people. The power ranking systems are insane. I don't get it. I recommend that you don't even care about it because (laughs) they're all so extremely strong that, like, trying to put them in brackets of, like, oh, this one is, like, plus one but minus one and this you know, thing, and it's just like, come on, man, like, there's yeah. there's so many things that you can take into account for this, so, I mean, we'll t- we can talk about it a little bit later, but um, it's, it's very confusing, so yeah. if you don't understand it, don't worry, just know that some of them, they're all really strong, and some of them are just, like, a smidge, a little bit stronger than others. Yeah, like, you could, you could fit a hair between like yeah. how different they are and their power yeah. it feels like and that I don't know I like that there is an attempt to kind of like rank it out and help it make sense so that you have an idea but they all just seem so close that I'm like what's yeah what's because you could be a really really strong channeler mm-hmm. but not understand like Teleron Riode or you could be like a slightly weaker channeler but be super um, informed in how to use Teleron Riode and yeah. that could bump you up a little bit. So, like, your skills, depending on, like, what you can do with your skills, can kind of yeah. change how strong, you know, you, you're considered, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of how so I feel, too. it's just, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Rav, Ravine is noted to be very good looking. Ravine um, was a hottie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is very important to remember. I liked uh, 
I liked the thing that I found in the Wiki Wheel of Time thing where it says, Ravine was said to be as handsome as Lanfear was beautiful with an insatiable appetite for the company of beautiful women. Mm-hmm. He had black hair, which was white at the temples. He was dark of complexion with nearly black eyes. And he was also noted for having a remarkably large stature. So, like... He was, like, a hottie. I'm, like, I'm, do- I'm like doing I this feel- shoulder strut of, like, a good-looking guy right like now. I feel like he's, like, Gaston <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast, you know? Like, <laughs> like the strapping, strong man. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, that's good. He drinks, like, um, three eggs a day or whatever. <laughs> no, like, they're all egg shake. Uh-huh. Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, so he is another one that, like, really loved power. Again, you know theme who, for the Forsaken. Do you know who would be a great what? Ravine who's kind of hot? I I'm just, I'm just going to fan cast him right now. The guy <laughs> from The it. guy from Lost. Do you know who I'm talking about? The main, the main guy? No, 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 no. The guy that they think is like a terrorist or something. He's a Middle oh, Eastern um, actor. Oh, yeah. I forget his name, but he's, mm. he's pretty hot. He's, yeah. But with the, I think the age would be perfect. He's, if he's yes. got a little like salt and pepper. Yeah. And I mean, he definitely has like that like. Dark and like, like dark, handsome. Dark, good looking. Yeah. 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 I remember What's like when name? I was. I don't know. I'm sure we can look it up, but I definitely remember him and Lost and being like, it's too bad everybody hates you because they're dumb, because you're beautiful and you're real nice. Yes. So you guys are missing out. That would be fun. I like him. Should we like, should we send a message to someone? Yeah. Dear dear Wheel of Time on Prime. Naveen Andrews, he plays Saeed. That was his character's name, Saeed. That was his character's name. Yeah. He's pretty foxy. Okay, I'm taking up too much time with my fan <laughs> cast. <laughs> I'm glad you did it. Um, so, again, envious, power-seeking. Um, there's really not a whole lot known about him before he joined the Shadow, um, but apparently, like, his uh, characteristics in life usually led him to be more of a diplomat than favoring outright attack, which is also a little different from the other Forsaken. Like, he'd rather have a conversation about it than, like... But at the same time, Homeboy really liked compulsion. (laughs) This is so important. Oh, my God. It's so important. It is. I I feel like if you you listen to this today and you get all this information, when you go through the books, you're going to be like, I bet that's one of the Forsaken. Like, is that a dark friend? And it's so fun. It's so much fun trying to piece it out on your own. It Mm -hmm. really is. It really is. But, like, he definitely, like, he's a big fan of compulsion. And as far as, like, like power goes, like we said, he was stronger in the one power than Lanfear, who was regarded as almost as strong as Luce Theron himself. So, again, And compulsion is, um, just to explain it, in case you haven't oh, yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. it before, compulsion mm-hmm. is basically, like, mind rape, I guess. You can just go into that someone's... That is a really good way of putting it. <laughs> you can just go into someone's head and make them think or do whatever you want and pretty much yeah. turn them into a slave. Like, they, yeah. they'll do whatever you say, they'll think whatever you want them to think, so you can just pretty much enslave them mentally. Yeah, which is crazy. 
Like the idea of somebody being able to do that to you and you not knowing it is, and I think, I think the books mentioned that like only people who have like a really strong mental constitution Mm -hmm. are able to kind of like pull themselves out of compulsion, but it's really rare for anybody to be able to do that on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, so Dear Ravine and your compulsion, um, he was apparently an efficient uh, military general and a good governor, um, (laughs) but showed a lack of attention to detail uh, that undermined productivity during the War of Power. (laughs) So he's, like, good at stuff, but he needs an administrative assistant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I like that it says the carelessness can likely be attributed to his time spent with his lovers. (laughs) I know we have a battle to plan, guys, but I got some fucking to do. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) So good. Awesome. Um, So despite his incredible strength and the power, um, he didn't really appear to have, like, a high level of prominence among the Forsaken. Like, it almost seems as though... He was kind of on the side, like, doing his own thing. But just because, like, other people did shit to each other Mm -hmm. he was still able to like rise in the level of the forsaken Mm -hmm. but not necessarily through things that he did on his own um yeah and so like he was also really careful about what he decided to do and he was a uh, planner he had yeah he had plans you would see him kind of doing things maybe more behind the scenes instead of like out on the battlefield with the sword but then he'd get distracted by the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good plan until yeah, a buxom beauty walked in the door. <laughs> um, so this is actually from the fires of heaven, where like an observation of him was small dangers had a way of growing if ignored, and he always chose his risks. He always chose his risks with a measure of prudence. So he I was like careful. I like how. Yeah, like, Ravine actually feels kind of like one of those really deliberate individuals. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, Ish- Ishamael made his decision based on logic. Ravine did it because he wanted power. And he still was really, like, he carried over those things that he had been before he swore mm-hmm. his soul to the shadow. And I think that's kind of, like, what mm-hmm. helped him be, like, one of the, the top, top forsaken. Yeah. Um Definitely. Yeah. Because some of them change, like, completely. Yeah. But these yes. two kind of, like, you know, they knew what they wanted going into it, and they just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, did things their they own see it way. As an, they see it as an opportunity. Yeah. They don't necessarily, like, some of the Forsaken do some seriously legit, evil, horrible, yeah. evil things. But, like, these guys just kind of, I mean... I think there's more on Ishamayel because he was able mm-hmm. to, like, kind of touch the world more often. But, like, neither one of them – I'm not saying they're good guys by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but compared to some of the other people we will talk about, it'll be like, bad. oh, I guess I guess he's okay. He's okay. Uh, yikes. Uh, so, Demon Dread. Oh, Demon Dread. Good Lord, this guy. <laughs> this guy kills me. Ugh. Okay, why? Tell me Tell me all about it. I want to know. Okay, a.k.a. Barad Bel Madar. So he's got the three names there, which makes him mm-hmm. fancy. 
And then Fancy. he also has another name given to him by the Sharon, and they call him Bow the Wild, which is like mm. kind of sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, hello, I'm Bow the Wild. <laughs> There's definitely a leopard print involved in that somewhere. <laughs> But with oh, the name so like Demandred, Demandred, he, yeah. um, okay, so he, he's another one where he's supposedly pretty darn handsome. He has a hook yep. nose, so I don't know exactly what a hook nose looks like, but right. I'm going with it. Mean? And jet black hair. Um, He's also supposedly the third most powerful male channeler of the Forsaken. Yep. And he was also one of these smarties where um, he's got the three <laughs> names. So he was writing these, you know, great books and he held these like very high offices before he turned to the shadow. Yeah. And he was also a very accomplished like battle strategist and mm-hmm. blade master. And a blade master. So this yep. is one of the guys that's not going to be, like, doing politics. He's going to be mm-hmm. one of the guys, like, on the battlefield. Um, and it is said that his, like, biggest downfall was that he liked to take too many risks. Mm-hmm. Which... He was a bit of a gambler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also known as the most angry of the Forsaken. <laughs> but when I um, when I hear this about Demandred, I think instead of like angry, I see him more as like petulant. Like me too. Yeah, like a little like stomping his yeah, feet. Like I didn't get what I want. Yeah. He, and he, it's I so, feel the exact same it's way. So annoying. He's so annoying. He's the most annoying Forsaken, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Yeah. But nope, I'm with you. But the whole reason he's so petulant is because he's just constantly so envious of Luce Theron or the dragon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Ev- and and this it's that like song you know like anything you can do I can do better <laughs> like this is Demandra to a T because everything that he thought that he is good at Luce Theron is just a little bit better than just him a tiny like bit better Luce yeah. Theron was just a little bit more handsome he was just a little just bit a more little tall taller. yeah and Demandra even had a thing for Luce Theron's wife but she was like mm-hmm. nah and um. <laughs> She chose Luz, Theron. Um, yeah. And then this is what, this is was this was the last straw for Demondred, a.k.a. Barad Bell Madar, a.k.a. Bow the Wild. So <laughs> he was, as I had said earlier, he's a battle strategist. Mm-hmm. And when everything happened after Ishamael was like, oh, you know, like uh, the... <laughs> This is what's going to happen. And everyone kind of had to pick sides. <laughs> so the War of Power starts. And Luce Theron is the leading fighter for this war. Yeah. Luce Theron gets promoted over Demon Dread. And he's like, this, yep. this, he lost his shit. And he was like, God damn it. No. <laughs> so then he decides he's going to the Dark One. And yeah. he pledges for the Dark One out of complete jealous, envious petulant rage yes and he, yes. he was like eternally spurned by Luce Theron yeah. <laughs> he fed entire cities to Trollocs like he Trollocs. was just 
you know, eternally envious. And that is why Demon Dread is the most annoying Forsaken, in my opinion. Yeah, he's something else. <laughs> also, he like... does not show up immediately in the books, which is kind of cool because he gets kind of this, like, buildup, I think. Yeah. He's not one that you're you're seeing too early on. So when he does show up, like, I was expecting, you know, this, like, super, like, crazy, strong, bow the wild. Yes. Um, yes. Like, sword fighter, kind of like a Khal Drogo type character. <laughs> but instead we get this, like, whiny, like... <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Who's there? <laughs> He's just the worst. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm. I am 100 with you on that. So hard. Okay. So Good. Uh, yeah, he drives me kind of crazy. Um, Samael, we're back. Yeah, that's it on him. I feel that's like him. Yeah, I mean. We don't need to spend a lot of time on him. Yeah, Demon Dread, uh, Cry Baby, I don't know. See, thumbs down. Yeah, make your own opinions. This is just mine. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. But I, I'm absolutely with you. <laughs> I'm wondering. Okay, so now we're moving on to Samael. Is that right? Yes. So in his like changeover to his name as a Forsaken, he uh, becomes Samael. And in the old tongue, that's Destroyer of Hope. Mm-hmm. And wasn't Ishamael like, Betrayer of Hope? Ishamael. Is that right? was Betrayer of Hope, yeah. Okay, all right. Because I wanted to make sure that I got that right. It seems betrayer of were, Hope like, and Ishamael, Destroyer of Hope. Right? Don't make it, don't make it complicated <laughs> or anything, Robert Jordan. Thanks. Like, don't give, give them almost identical names, abilities, characteristics. It's fine. I, I wanted this. I um, wanted to be confused. <laughs> it is confusing. So he's another three, he's another three star, three name guy. Um, three name, three star. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, tell Janine L. Alansar. There were no pronunciation directions no. with like their their actual names, but he like suffers from short man syndrome. <laughs> he was the Napoleon <laughs> of the Wheel of Time. <laughs> like I can just see him always being that guy that's like got his chest I up think, and like he's like I think everyone stretching. I think everyone knows one of those people in real life. Mm-hmm. Which makes these like, which makes these forsaken so insufferable. (laughs) Because I feel like I, you know, like when you're talking about someone with short man syndrome, like I know someone like that where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that person. Um, so again, we've got another guy who is pissed off that he's not loose there in Telamon. Um, in fact, like one of the things about, about like his appearance is that he has this scar that runs across his face from like his, uh, hairline down to his jaw. And even though it happened in the age of legends and he could have had it healed, he chose not to because he wanted to look like a badass. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, but also like where this 
badge daily of losing to your mm. number one nemesis. You okay. know, like like he uses it as like fuel to his fire so okay. often. And like like part of me thinks the day that he defeats Luz Theron, he's going in for cosmetic surgery. <laughs> you know? Like he'll be like, and now I win, Luz Theron. Fix my face. Um fix this. I've had it long enough. Um so I I I thought that was one of those because it comes up it's one of the things that like defined him for me when I was reading the books like Samael has the scar okay that's a good way to remember him though because they're always you know kind of they're they're either like handsome or you know Mm -hmm. dark hair it's so confusing but Samael has a scar and that makes it easier to remember agreed yeah um, but he's one of the few that seems to be described as average looking. Like the majority of our Forsaken seem to be like hotties. On the, yeah, they're like on the gold plus standard yeah. beauty wise. <laughs> so I think that's really funny that so many of them are just really good looking. Um, he apparently does not have much of a sense of humor, which I'm not surprised by. Mm-hmm. He is again almost as strong as the Dragon Reborn, but he's not almost and as he's strong as like, the Dragon. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Like Yeah, there's a there's a there's a book titled The Dragon yeah. Reborn. It's a prophecy. So everybody kinda knows it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not a spoiler. No. That's like no, okay, we're good. Um but thanks for being thanks for looking out. <laughs> I was just I thinking, that. like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Is does that ruin something for someone? Um what else? Athletic. Oh, so yeah, so that was one, like that's one of the things where like being an Aes Sedai doesn't define mm. what you do outside of being an Aes Sedai. Yes. So he is athletic. He's a master archer and a world champion. Excuse me for a bloodless sword sport. No idea what that is. Maybe that's me like either, fencing. But I want to. Maybe that's like fencing. That's, yeah, but to me it sounds like since it's sword, like I think like like big kind of like battle swinging around swords mm. I don't know why like that's the that's the image but it could just as easily be something like a fencing foil I don't know it doesn't that's all it says is a bloodless sword sport I'd watch it um, <laughs> wouldn't you like yeah of course yeah, absolutely especially during the second age because it seems like every person and their mother was a um blade master <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, they lived for hundreds of years. So they had so much time to perfect their craft. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, look at this. I've been doing this for, you know, 150 years. Yeah. There's a reason I'm good at this. I've been doing it almost forever. So, yeah. I thought that that was, like, that's that's one of those things that, like, pulls him apart from. So he was an archer and into sword sport. Sword stuff. Yeah. And he had a scar. Um, And he had a scar. Oh, yeah. So he also is, like, passed over for a position of the leader of the forces of the light, which is what pushes him over to the dark side as well. Dark side? Dark is one. Is that Star Wars? Dark one. Is the dark one? I, get, I, have yeah. to help, I have to keep from saying that all the time. Dark side. What? The dark side. Dark side. I know. I'm like, that's Star Wars. Stop it. <laughs> So he's not crazy about the fact that, like, he's being passed over because, of course, he thinks he's better than the dragon. 
Right. Sound a little bit like demon dread. Yeah. I mean, this is why I find it so challenging to like pull them apart mm-hmm. as so much of it just seems They're to be. They're all so envious. Yeah. And like maybe that's what I need to remember is like that's one of their like combining characteristics. And instead of like letting it confuse me, I can just like take it for granted that that's going to be yeah that they're all like why they're yeah. doing what they're doing yeah they all think they're better than loose theron so then they're like nah i'm gonna go to the dark side yeah the like... dark one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i so yeah but he was actually Run like even friends with loose theron yeah and yeah i mean it, this this happens in on multiple occasions that they were actually fighting together with Luce Theron, and then they were like, eh. Mm-hmm. Not feeling it anymore. Yeah. I'm better than you. Yeah. Why do you get to do all the things? I'm better. So apparently there are mixed reviews on how good mm. Samael was at certain things. Like, some people thought he did a great job, and others thought that he kind of, like, sucked, because even though he battled mm. with loose there and he never actually won those battles at least there isn't a, a record someplace of him winning those battles so who knows how good he was at what he did right we only have like accounts you know like mm-hmm. so we we can't say for sure but yeah most of yeah. this is just what you know was said about this person i guess kind of like you know the bible like it's just stories so, mm-hmm. Oh shit! I don't want to offend anyone, but oh. but I mean like it it it's knowledge that was written and passed down by other people, so you don't know exactly how literal you're supposed to take these things. Like when there's it's a game of telephone, yeah, for like three thousand yeah. years. Yeah, and when they're saying like, oh, they were so powerful, they were more powerful than this person, but less powerful from that person, it it, it gets really confusing and it's hard. I agree. And I think now is the time for us to take a smoke break. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) I do, yeah. I just looked at it. I was like, wow, we've been recording for an hour. And we're only Um, at number five. (laughs) Okay, we were on Aganor. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Aganor, formerly known as Ishar Morid Chuane. Chuane. Mm-hmm. That's how I would say Another it. Another one said to be as strong as Luz Theron and Ishamael. <laughs> Gosh. What's the difference? Mm. What's the difference? Um... I, I, that's actually like a note that's here in our notes where I'm like, is it just me or all the male channelers roughly the same strength and the power? Or maybe they don't really know. And if that's the case, then why does Lucerne stand out as being the most powerful? Was he really? Is he really? And I feel like, too, they, they could have had like Terangriol. So. Right? That was one of the other things that I've been thinking about, too. Is if like, they had they a hold of, yeah, things. if they had a hold of something their entire like span of time and they were using it, but other people didn't know that they had it, they would technically yeah. seem much stronger than they actually were. Yep. And I mean, since they were the ones responsible for making them, they, of course, know how to use them. And in a lot of cases, like, can I say that, like, through the, like, in the third age, they don't. A lot of the the Angriel tar, tar, 
<laughs> Tarangriel, <laughs> Saangriel, like they don't know what they do. So it's kind of like a guessing game yeah. as to what this thing is going to do once you touch it. And I mean, like we've the red rod. On... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like we've talked about one where it's like, what the heck just happened? And how there are like these like yes. theories around it. So, I mean, I don't know. Like the strength thing feels, it doesn't feel irrelevant. It does feel like it's something important to be aware of, but they're just all on such similar levels that it gets, it gets confusing and kind of, kind of annoying. Um, but even though Aganor is like relative, like he's powerful, he apparently had admitted to being terrified of Ishamael. So that, I find that kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ishamael, I think is just, he's just one of the most important ones, but why yeah. why was Agenor so terrified of him? Yeah, pers- yeah. If someone knows if, him. Ever, if someone knows that story. I want to I want to know it too. Yeah. Um, so he was <laughs> in my in in my notes. It says during the Age of Legends, even before he became a dark friend, he was shady as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so he was already bad, bad before yeah. he went to the shadow. Exactly. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why he was like pushed in that direction. So like what it says in the on the Wiki Wheel of Time page, he pursued his research with a complete lack of ethics or empathy regarding the lives lost in his pursuit of knowledge to be trivial. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was said that he would just like create something like a plague because why not? Like without really thinking about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, if he did, he apparently just really didn't care. Like, other people just didn't even matter to him. Um, and he's also... This is, the like, so Agenor doesn't particularly stand out among the Chosen, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he is the creator of all Shadow Spawn. Ah, so, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like the So he was like a gen- he was almost like a geneticist then. Exactly. Yeah. So it says that one of his creations is called the Jumara, which I actually I'm going to see if I can open that up cuz I don't remember what that is. Um, it says was speculated by Demon Dread not to have been made to serve any practical purpose militarily or otherwise but was made simply because Agenor wanted to see how horrific a monster he could how horrific a monster he could engineer so that's creepy so he's like the father of Trollocs and Murdral and and the Drakkar the Drakkar Um, I think are one of the creepiest they're like agree like a male siren you know like they sing their songs and and suck your soul maybe we should have a shadow spawn episode for Halloween. <laughs> Ooh, oh, my God. That's a really good idea. Yes. Put it down. We're doing it. Um, because, I mean, the creation of them, what it takes to sustain them, like, just all of the things that go into, like, this this shadow spawn, like, what a pen, like, whatever. This, like, group of really bad creatures. Like, the Trollocs are... The Trollocs are, are terrifying enough on their own. But then when you get into, like, mm-hmm. Murdral and Thades... Then, like, whew. Yeah. So we should absolutely do that. Um, And then we can talk more about, like, what he, like, how Agnor plays into this because he's the guy who, who, like, made everything. He also created the Golem. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, the yep. golem is ooh. Yeah. And it is it is believed that somewhere between thirty five and fifty million people died in the experiments that resulted in the shadow spawn at a rate of almost ten thousand people per day. That's I mean Yeah. I think it yeah, like I wrote down Agnor gives zero fucks about human life. And it's true. Yeah, that's a like, really good way to sum him up though. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad guy, really liked making bad things. Like, he actually is the, like, the epitome of the person that you would expect to be on the side of the Dark One. Yeah. Like, Ishamael and Samael, like, they seem kind of like normal people that are just Mm -hmm. kind of angry that they've been passed over for positions of power. And Agnor is like... Nah, I'm I'm (laughs) evil. (laughs) I got got these ideas for making these crazy bad things that do stuff that, you know is pretty damn terrible. And by the way, they'll be really hard to kill too. So yeah. Found your forces, dark one. So Agonor is is basically like just super evil. Yes. He's one that falls into that category of, yeah, definitely siding with the, with the dark one just because he wants to create evil. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like he, and he, because of the way that his, approaches to the things that he did were carried out he was one of those people where the Aes Sedai like the Hall of Servants came together and were like this guy is bad news like we need to do something to like curb his power and so like he was on their radar Mm -hmm. for doing big bad things already um so I thought that that was you know what it is um but then Balthamel is the next one that we have we haven't gotten to any of the ladies yet we're getting there I know I, the female forsaken. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, Bethalmael uh, was it, formerly known as Eval Ramen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb name, <laughs> Eval Ramon. 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 Let's say Ramon. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah, dumb. Eval Ramon. I probably would have gotten real, along really well with this guy, like, because he studied, like, his, he specialized in the study of vanished cultures, and I would probably be like, hey, tell me, tell me more about that. So, like... Yeah, he sounds like he would be an interesting person. Like, he would be a yeah. good, like, dinner party guest. Bethalmel. Another one where it's, like, super powerful, but rated slightly under the main three top bad guys. Yeah, he apparently had quite the temper. When I was reading about him, I felt as though he and Matt probably would have, like, gotten along in some ways because they were both, like, like, they they liked to gamble and they liked the ladies. <laughs> um, and I feel, I feel like I could see, like, Matt and this guy, like, throwing dice or something. Like, I don't know. I just thought that, that would have been really a really funny. cool, um, like, chapter if, you know, Bethalmail was undercover somewhere and like dicing right. with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and they both have a barmaid on their lap because that's like <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, maybe it's because I really like Matt. I feel as though uh what's his face? Who are Bethalmail. Ball Beth- Bal- <laughs> Bal- <laughs> say it for me. Bethalmail. <laughs> yeah. I I think he probably had a way more smarmy approach to women than Matt does. Like, Matt definitely likes to 
to look at a slim ankle, but uh, <laughs> ball thaw male, ball ball male. God, that's hard. Okay, Why a slim ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually was drawn towards the dark one more for the idea of immortality than he was drawn by like envy or power. So, so Bartholomew was just like, aside. I just want to party forever. Yeah, I just I just want to hang out and gamble and read about vanished cultures. I don't know. Um, but he actually, like, um, he raised and organized human breeding camps that served as nothing but a chow house for Trollocs. Gross. So, right. <laughs> like, I had to kind of step away from the mental image that that created in my <laughs> mind. Like... That's one of the things that I really like about this world is sometimes you can, like, sit with this idea of, like, I think of, like, the idea of refugee camps and, like, tents and, like, dirty and, like, children screaming and being ripped away from their parents. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's some seriously evil evil shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, this guy is not a good guy. No. And he obviously, like, wasn't too, um... Not so such an intellectual where he has like this fancy three names. Yeah. But um, even though he was, you know, studying something, but mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of ironic that he was studying like vanished cultures and also helping to like demolish Erase. the culture. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Bethalmael, you suck. <laughs> the forsaken are awful people some of they them are, are some of them are less awful than others which is a great way to lead into asmodian, asmodian yeah. aka joar adam Neso nesosin nesosin asmodian was um he was a dark-haired man mm-hmm. um he was considered pretty tall unless you're comparing him to maybe Aiel, the Aiel. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it says in his middle years, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But Asmodian, um, what I think kind of sets him apart is he was like a child prodigy. So <laughs> he was like baby Beethoven. Um, <laughs> he was a composer, so he was all about his music. Mm-hmm. And during the Age of Legends, he was pretty influential um, as you can see, he has the three names, mm-hmm. and his mother was an Aes Sedai, so you would think that might make him a little bit more compassionate towards Aes Sedai, but yeah. he was actually another one like Samael um, and Ishamael, where he was lured basically by the promise of immortality. It wasn't necessarily that he was an evil guy. He was just like, yeah. oh, this could benefit me. And he joins, you know, the shadow. Yeah. And it's it's guessed that he wanted immortality. That way he had extra time to, like, perfect his music. His music, yeah. And he just wanted to be, like, the best musician and what I think is really, really cool about this is it kind of mimics the story of, like, Faust. And mm-hmm. this was, I don't know, like, I think Goethe, Goethe did, like, a – he wrote about Faust. And Faust was, like, a 
a German story about this man who was like, I guess maybe like a necromancer or astrologer, Mm -hmm. but he sells his soul to the devil in exchange for knowledge and power. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that's really cool because we see it in our own like literature here. Like, Mm -hmm. and what I think is even more like on the nose is Mm -hmm. it also mimics the story of Robert Johnson and if you don't know who Robert Johnson is, okay. I loved this. I yes. loved that you brought this up because <laughs> you sent you sent me a message and you were like, I just found the coolest thing. And I'm like, what is it? Yes. Yeah, I thought this was so cool. So if you know anything about like Delta Blues, like you should know who Robert Johnson is. He's an extremely, was an extremely talented um, blues musician from Mississippi. But there is a legend about this a man and the legend goes that um he he grew up like on like on a plantation i guess and the legend goes that he met the devil outside the plantation like on a crossroad mm-hmm. and he gave the devil his guitar and the devil tuned his guitar and gave it back to him and robert johnson exchanged his soul to the devil for um becoming like the best blues player in the world yeah and when I was reading this about Asmodian, I was like, oh, my God, it's the Robert Johnson legend. <laughs> and I don't know. I love that so much because I love Delta Blues. So Robert Johnson is just, I mean, he's incredible. And when you get this backstory on Asmodian, basically doing the same thing, he pretty much signed his soul over to the shadow for immortality mm-hmm. so he could be the best. Mm-hmm. musician like yeah like music was like so in who he was as a person that right it was worth selling his soul to keep it as like this main part of who he was it's just incredible yes and I think I don't know like to me he might be one of my favorites of the Forsaken because he's not so much of an evil guy and he has kind of like this quirky backstory yep yeah I can pull out of like our own, you know, history and culture and legends. Yeah. Um, and Asmodian, like his work, he did do some shitty stuff. Though. <laughs> like, uh, like his worst crimes were basically like maiming and blinding his musical rivals. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not like he fed a whole city to Trollocs, but he would be like oh you're a better musician than I am well you're blind or you can't hear anymore and that's Asmodian so that's how you become the best is you just like (laughs) chop someone's arm off yeah yeah (laughs) try playing your harp now good luck with that shit (laughs) so that was Asmodian and there's not really too much to talk about him I think that sums him up pretty well yeah, I agree. And the next um, is Bilal. And he's boring. also kind of a shorter. Yeah. But he's called Bilal, a.k.a. the Envious or, or the Net Weaver. Yeah. And his name was Durham Lottle Com. Mm-hmm. That's kind of lyrical. God, that's such a weird name. Like here in Germany, there's a type of like food from Turkish restaurants called Durham. It's spelled a little bit differently. But it's like a, I don't know, it's like a Turkish version of a burrito, I guess. Mm. Mm, that's what makes me think of Bilal. You're like a <laughs> tasty burrito. <Durham. laughs> 
And again, he was a former friend of Luz Theron. Mm-hmm. So once again, they um, he started out on the side of the light. Yep. Um, and uh, Bilal and Luz Theron started to revive an ancient art of sword fighting. So he was mm-hmm. obviously a blade master. Um, and he was obsessed with the fact that he once beat Luz Theron in a game of stones. <laughs> so he like really holds on to that moment. Like, I beat Luz Theron in a game of stones. Like and once. Ha- yeah, one time. This is my claim to fame, guys. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of history on him before he turned to the shadow. Mm-hmm. But Bilal was just a really great manipulator and Bilal was obviously very jealous of Luz Theron and that's why he joined yeah. the Dark One like many others. I think he was the last person that we filled stuff up on because he's just really boring. So you get, there's like <laughs> our one really brief boring. Yeah. Bilal the boring. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to call him that in my head from now on. And that's what we're going to end off today with Bilal the Boring. Like we said at the beginning, covering all 13 of the Forsaken with as many of the terms and background information as we could throw in to help it make more sense took way longer than we had planned. We did the recording all in one session though, so we've broken it in half, and hopefully we have whet your appetite enough to return next week when we kick off our discussion with my favorite among the Forsaken, Lanfear. Next week is the Ladies Week. We also have some social media interactions that we responded to that ended up at the end of the recording that were pretty fun to hash out. One was a question about the Forsaken, and the other was something I spotted on Twitter speculating whether or not the Wheel of Time on Prime will have the same kind of popularity as Game of Thrones had on HBO. We want to know what you think about that too, so if you have any comments, we'll tell you how to reach us. So let us know what you think of our content. Please share us, like us, subscribe, do all that things that people say to do on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And if you hear something that we screwed up, like, please send us a message and correct us. And we and actually, actually also tell us what you think about the Forsaken, too, because everybody has there. There are 13 of them. We all have opinions about it. So, like, yeah, we want to know. We want to know. Let us know how you feel about the Forsaken. Definitely. And our email is at road to Tarvalin, all one word, at gmail. You can find me, Amber, at road to Tarvalin on Twitter. And Tracy mm-hmm. is wannabe blue, too, all one yep. word. Um, and we are also on Instagram. And if you have the Anchor app, you can leave us voice messages. Rob. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Um, we, we love these messages. Like I really Mm -hmm. can't, I really can't say that enough. It's so much fun hearing them and we love putting them onto the episodes. So yeah. And if you're not comfortable with it, like just send us a message and we can read it out. Um, and I think that's everything for this week. So until next week, thanks for joining us. Safe travels and and walk walk in in the the light. light. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly.